This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We have seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only across borders, but from violence that gathers within. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Uh, News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Six minutes after nine. That was former President George Walker Bush in Shanksville, uh, in, in, uh, in Pennsylvania. And uh, he's he's talking about 9-11, obviously. And he, 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 he's... Yeah, let me read you the whole... There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in its disdainful pluralism, in their disregard for human life, in their uh, determination to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit, and it is our continuing duty to confront them. Let me read that again. Who do you think he's talking about? There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in its disdainful pluralism, in their disregard for human life, in their determination to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit, and it is our continuing duty to confront them. Um, you know, I'm starting to think, uh, Mr. Bush, that y- you and the Bidens and all the rest of you, the Obamas, you're all children of the same foul spirit. He- he's not talking about Antifa. He's not talking about BLM. Especially, and you know that when he says in the determination to defile national symbols. He- he's talking about the insurrectionists of, uh, of January 6th. In other words, he's swamped up. You know, in New York, if somebody's mafia is mobbed up, you know, I, I just start saying, you know, if you're if you're one of these swamp critters, you're swamped up, man. It's the ruling elite. It's the ruling class of this country. Forget about it. Yeah, he's swamped up. Can you smell the methane? He is uh, making a choice to reinforce on this hallowed day on, on the 20th anniversary of September 11th. The guy who once stood on the rubble and said, I can hear you. Is now, uh, you know, reinforcing this this false idea, and it is a false idea, that the greatest threat to America right now are other Americans, domestic terrorists, a bunch of weirdos who took selfies uh, in in the stake in the Capitol, in the Capitol on Capitol Hill. Would you say it's a big lie? Yeah, just a smidge. I just, you know, I what the hell, man? I don't know what you did this weekend. I, I pretty much stayed away from the from the uh, the official uh, memorials. You know, I didn't I didn't watch Biden at all. I just couldn't face it. You know, and keep my tacos down. I just I couldn't couldn't do it. And so I didn't see Bush actually say this live. You know, Trump was badass. Trump was in New York City with the with the firemen and the, and the PD. 
Trump came off as the most presidential. Honestly. <laughs> Meanwhile, every college football game, right, Chris, in Alabama or whatever the hell? I don't watch football, but they're blank Joe Biden, blank Joe Biden, blank Joe Biden. But then George Walker Bush has got to stand on the rubble of what used to be our country. The intellectual rubble. And 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 lend credence to this this false narrative. I get tired of saying false narrative because you know what? The whole damn thing's a false narrative at this point. That somehow domestic terrorism is just running rampant through the street. The only domestic terrorists that we've really dealt with uh, over the past couple of years were Antifa and BLM. And the looters and the rioters. But no, no, no. The insurrectionists of January 6th. Here's what's really going on. And and you, you and I know this, right? And if you're a moron, you don't care. Because uh, you're standing on the intellectual rubble of your own life, you know. This is about demonizing people politically. We, I, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's, if it's uh, you know, the, the insurrectionists. It, first off, that wasn't an insurrection. Taking over entire neighborhoods in this country, that's an insurrection. Taking over police buildings and precincts, that's an insurrection. The Taliban. The Taliban. <laughs> Just as bad as the Taliban. The insurrectionists of January 6th were just as bad as the Taliban. Just as bad as ISIS. That was on MSNB Puke on Friday, I think. Now, if whether you're talking about, um, uh, you know, this idea of white supremacy and uh, insurrection and dangerous domestic terrorists, it's all kind of linked with the whole vaxxed or not vaxxed thing. It's all about demonizing who? Who? People who either voted for Trump or support his ideas. Those are the domestic... I'm a domestic terrorist. Okay? I can't walk five feet without breaking into a sweat, but I'm I'm a domestic terrorist, man. I'm the boogeyman. Say hello to the bad guy! So, no, I didn't watch watch any of that crap. I just couldn't face it this year. Uh, I watched United 93 on Saturday evening, uh, the, the film about... Which, you know, we don't really know exactly what happened on that plane, but it is an excellent movie. And then I tried to watch uh, Turning Point, which is a Netflix documentary on uh, terrorism uh, and, and not just in regards to 9-11. And I got about an hour into that, and I, I was kind of done for this year. You know what we watched yesterday? We watched the Selena movie for like the 400th time. We, we sat around and watched Selena on FX. <laughs> We've seen that movie so many you times. You know all the dialogue by now. Selena, he's fired. I don't ever want to see him again. But I love him, Daddy. Yeah, I mean, it's. A, I mean, I just know every line in that movie. I've seen it so many times. Have you watched the the series on Netflix? No, no. And my family is against it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because okay. I don't know if it's any good or not. But you know, first off, my my wife's comment was, she doesn't look anything like Selena. Well, there's that. She's not built like Selena either. She's not Selena. And my stepdaughter's like, they just cast her because she's Mexican. So they're like, dead, they're just dead against Well, they're it. not going to cast you as Selena. No, but I mean, you know. Oh, Sarah, they're not, well, I'd watch. But... <laughs> bitty, bitty, bum, bum. <laughs> so we watched the Selena movie. And you know what? With commercials, it's like four hours long. Like yeah. they, you know how they do when they have the commercials? They just stretch this stuff out. Right. You know, and so we watched that. 
and uh, that's what I did. I didn't. I no. I got all the nine eleven stuff out of my system on on Saturday, and by Sunday I was like, okay, next twenty years, what are we going to do now? How are we going to live now? Yeah. You know, did you uh, do anything uh, uh, with nine eleven? Or I know you went to the car wash for, uh, for Trey's granddaughters, but uh, yeah, as far as you know, commemorating the event, not really. Yeah. You know. Um... I've lived through it once. Right. You know? All right. You and, said on Friday that you're not a big documentary and, guy. And, and, you know, I, I think when they first all came out, I, I watched Right. It. But I think at this point, we're not really learning anything new. No. Um, no. If, if, if something comes along and it's like there's this new discovery of what have you, well, you know, now you've got my attention, but I, I don't really want right. to. It was, it was horrible enough. I don't want to keep. Right. Reliving keep seeing it. it. And, and I understand why. It is what it is, but I, you know, for me personally, having been so close to it, um, I would just right. soon not have to relive those visuals on a daily basis. I, I, so, yeah, I was kind of done by yeah, Saturday night. I was like, right. okay. But for those who I, do, I, I understand. Oh, sure, you know, and I was, I, you know, geographically, we both were close, we're close to it, right? In that sense, and but there, there was a sense in for me this weekend that okay, that's it. Yeah. Not that I'm going to forget. I'll never forget. As I told Chris, Chris and I were talking about this on Friday, that the memories are still very pungent, and they haven't faded in any way, shape, or form mm-hmm. from that time in my life. And he, he says the same thing. Right. But as far as putting myself through the reliving of it every year, right. I want to get away from that. Yeah. 20 years, you know, okay. Yeah. Let's turn it into something positive from here on out. I think we have to. You have to, right. You know, I think that the, the whole thing was, was put into perspective for me on the one-year anniversary by a guy named Livingston Taylor. Mm. Uh, he's a, James Taylor's brother. Oh. And he was doing a show in the town I was living in, and I was introducing him. And it was about a week before the one-year anniversary, and he said something to the line. It's been a long time, so it's hard to remember exactly what he said. But he said, look... It was the most awful thing I've ever seen. Um, but if we keep mourning this, then whoever did this accomplished their goal. They did. You know, yeah, well, that's, and, that's an excellent so point. So we have to just keep moving forward and rebuild and, and, and become stronger than ever. Well, so. and, and I agree with that. And, and plus, you know, we got a lot of crap going on right now that we, yeah, <laughs> we got to flee. Right. Got to focus on it's that's pretty messed up in and of its own right. And, so, and I, and I think as time goes on, it becomes more about how, how we feel as opposed to what it should be those families yeah uh, yesterday now i know you don't watch the nfl but yesterday uh before the game started they had the national anthem played before each of those games mm. each each game that was going on at noon oh, um, wow. had the same national anthem performed by the daughter of a man who was killed that day. oh wow um, and it was very very powerful Mm. Um, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, you. I think you would enjoy it. She did a wonderful job. I'd like to and, see that. And it was very moving. So, you know, uh, we, we and we move on, and we, uh, you know, 20 years. Now let's uh, get ourselves set up for the next 20 years. Uh, and <laughs> a lot of messed stuff going up. Like I said, a lot of messed up stuff going on right now, and we'll talk about that. Uh, talk about a few things when we get back. Uh, also, English muffins. I want to talk about English muffins because, well, you know. <laughs> How do you open an English muffin as a news story? Hey, this is Scott Robbins, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. 23 minutes after 9. I'm Sean. Phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. We're doomed. Yeah, I just said it. We're doomed. 
There's a guy, he's one of these influencers. He's an influencer on TikTok. He's called Sidney Raz. Sidney Raz, I don't know, that's his TikTok name. He's 32 years of age. He has 1.1 million followers. And he just picked up 7 million hits on his little video. Showing himself discovering for the first time that you're supposed to open an English muffin with a fork. He read the directions. He says, you're supposed to open English muffins up with a fork? Duh. Then he reads the directions. Split using a fork. And so he opens the English muffin with a fork. With a fork. And he's got 7 million views on this thing. And I, I'm just, I, you know, I, I, don't, don't people know? You mean people don't know you're supposed to use a fork when you open an English muffin? How, could, how, does there any, how is there anybody on planet Earth that doesn't know you open an English muffin with a stinking fork? I've been using a fork to open English muffins my whole life. Just like nobody ever had to teach me to not eat Tide Pods or not eat laundry detergent, right? I never really required, I never, nobody ever required, I never required anybody to teach. You must use the fork. Use the fork, like the force. <laughs> May the fork be with you. It's like, well, it's a, it's an English muffin. You use a fork. People in their thirties, what's you know, you guys. AOC didn't know what a garbage disposal was until what two years ago. It's amazing she has both her hands. Okay, it's, it's obviously a big deal for this guy to read the directions. Well, it, it's don't you know what a lot of people don't though. Oh, does it work? I don't know what to do. How long do I put it in the microwave for? Well, look at the box. <laughs> what's, 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 my wife used to do that where she wouldn't read the directions on stuff. Read the directions. It'll, it'll tell you. I'm not saying she's a 32-year-old idiot who doesn't know how to open up an English muffin. I'm just saying you, you got to, you know, if you, how do you get through life? You don't know that, man. <laughs> They're Certain things that have been around long enough, like English muffins, you'd think it'd be common knowledge. You, well, Microwaves haven't been around for centuries. Well, <laughs> English muffins have been. We used to fire them for the bloody cannons. And we always opened them with a fork. And we always used a bloody fork. Well, I mean, I just am amazed that a dude in his 30s didn't know that, man. Can this guy operate a wall thermostat? You know? Can he? How many times now they... that he'll use a fork for. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> You're 32 years old, man. I mean, you know, what are many times this guy pulls something out of the microwave and it's hard as a rock because he put it in there for too long? Why does my pizza always taste like wood? Because you didn't read the directions, you hippie moron. Now, I'll be honest with you, because I have critical thinking skills, okay, at least a couple, not the important ones, but I got some. And, you know, I did at some point when it came to English muffins, I, I switched from using a fork to using a knife because I didn't like how you get the one skinny one and the one thick one. Because <laughs> that's what happens when you use a fork. You get one skinny one and one thick one. <laughs> so I started using a knife. Well, you know it's true. If you use a fork, 
You never get them even. You get one little one, you get one big thick one. It's true. That's why you're laughing, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, Sean. See? That's, a, that's exactly why I'm laughing. When you use a fork, you can't, all, you can't get them even, and I want them to be even. I'll sacrifice a few nooks and crannies to get them even, okay? Right. So all, out of all of the things you could be OCD about, I'm saying and, and you're not very OCD at all. I, there's this. I'm saying I made a choice at some point to go with the knife instead of the fork. But I knew that you're supposed to use a fork. So symmetry is your motivation I, for sanity. I just didn't, well, I just didn't like the little skinny one and the big thick one, that's all. I wanted two equal muffins. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> I want equality for muffins. <laughs> I want muffin equity, okay, or muffin equality. Well, I'm surprised this guy didn't go, oh, Say muffin for everyone. What? It's Al Sharpton for muffin equality. <laughs> I'm surprised he said, oh, you cut it long ways? <laughs> Do it. Did you tell Do that it. to this guy, and he'd be sitting there staring at it for hours. Long ways. You mean like I'm cutting it wrong? Have you ever seen Dr. Pimple Popper? I thought it was a hot dog bun. I thought it was a hot dog bun. <laughs> Your whole, gen whole generation is just doomed, man. You're 32 and you're younger. What are you guys going to do, man? What are you going to do when you got to figure crap out on your own? Do you know what I mean? What are you going to do when all the middle-aged people are old and gone? What are you going to do when your government decides that forks are dangerous and they start banning them? You can start banning your forks. What are you going to do? You won't this muffin open then, you, tough guy. You won't have no muffins to eat then, will you? When you reach that fork in the road. That <laughs> fork in the road, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Millennial Idiot. Fork in the road. <laughs> You'll just be staring at all those muffins not knowing what to do. <laughs> you remember I said it. <laughs> when you say I'm a crotchety old fart, you remember that. The next when you're when you're my age, you're staring at a damn muffin. You don't know what to do. There's no one around you to tell you what to do. And the man is taking all your forks away. And the man's taking all your forks away. You're trying to do it with a spark. Good luck with that, buddy. You are, as we like to say, up the creek <laughs> without a fork <laughs> or a muffin. <laughs> That's probably how you got the skinny one. You were using a spork. I wasn't using a sport. A sport. <laughs> then I end up with this little muffin bowl. All right. Hey, you know, that might not be bad. Muffin bowls. <laughs> oh, one, God. Maybe you're on to something. One nook. Okay. One one big nook. All right. <laughs> Two ones. Anybody out there not know you're supposed to use a fork to open up, up, open up a English muffin? 210-599-5555. And we're back. Uh, Newstalk 550 KTSA. FM 1071. I'm Sean. I'm going to take a quick fork call, uh, and then we'll talk about race and politics. Here's Ross. We're talking about a guy who just discovered he need to use a fork to open up a English muffin, and guy's got 7 million hits on his video. Uh, Ross, what's going on with you? Hey, good morning. Hi. Uh, yeah, you were talking about how they uh, should ban forks, and I'm surprised it's taken them so long to ban forks because 45 years ago this happened. I was in middle school, all of 12 years old, and every Wednesday was enchilada day, and this bully would come by my plate, and he'd grab one of my enchiladas and steal it from me at lunchtime, right? He would just grab one of your enchiladas? 
he would. He'd grab it right off the tray and and eat it and, and yeah. So, Which is what happened. So, so the next Wednesday came along and I saw him in the lunchroom and I knew he was going to come by. So I I like hid with my fork in my lap. Um, and when he came by, I stabbed the back of his hand as he was grabbing my enchilada. <laughs> did he ever do it again? No, he See? never did it. So, so he's screaming out loud, this freaking guy just stabbed my hand. He stabbed my hand, right? So I get hauled into the principal, and the principal is, like, doing all she can to contain her laughter. <laughs> she, she wow. Like, now, Ross, we... We we shouldn't stab people. We shouldn't stab people at school, son. All right, man. I gotta. Re- Thank you, Ross. Thank you. But see, in San Antonio, theft of an enchilada is justifiable. You know, <laughs> stabbing someone. Stabbing someone. Stabbing someone for enchilada theft. Yeah, that's justifiable. We never got it. You guys got enchiladas. We never got enchiladas oh, at yeah, school Wednesday. lunches. Wednesday was enchilada day. We got that square-ass pizza that looked like... Well, we had that, too, but not on Wednesday. We never got no enchiladas in Maryland. We didn't know what an enchilada was in Maryland. If you'd have tried to steal my my pizza or my goulash, I'd have let you do it. Um, 210-599-5555. But sometimes you got to give the bully what for, man. You know what I mean? Uh, so L.A. Times columnist Gene Guerrero, yesterday on a CNN show... Reliable sources. <laughs> that's that's a good one. Um, and she called Republican gubernatorial candidate Larry Elder a white supremacist. He's a black guy. Um, but you knew that. Uh, so my basic question to you is, can a black guy be a, a white supremacist? She says he's essentially been running his campaign on Fox News and on right-wing media outlets. He's refused to talk to nonpartisan media outlets and to journalists who are critical of him, has refused to answer difficult questions. Oh, he sounds like a Democrat. Has refused to answer difficult questions, often uses a few interviews he does give as an opportunity to have a performance on social media, denouncing those journalists and playing the victim. You know, he's co-opted this line by my fellow columnist from the headline, you know, calling him the black face of white supremacy. But he refuses to engage with the actual substance of our reporting. So he's he's a, he's a real he poses a he's a black guy and he poses a real threat to communities of color. Sorry, sweetheart, chicks like you pose the biggest threat to communities of color. How dare he be black and be a Republican? Certainly the first black, uh, you know, uh, governor of California would be a horrible thing, yeah? I mean, I, you know, even Bill Maher starting to peel off from these people. These are, you know, think about it. These are people who believe, yes, and we talked about this in Where and Rima, that, you know, if you decide you're, you're a dude and you decide you're a woman, you just get to be one, party of science. Uh, and if, if you're black, but you vote conservative or Republican, you can also be a, a white race. You can be a white supremacist. You can be a black white supremacist. Now you wrap your mind around that. These people say this crap with a straight face and, and well, they say it with a straight face because they believe it. I, well, I don't know if they believe it or if it's just, you know, it's towing the party line. 
because white supremacy has kind of I don't do you sense a groundswell a a gurgling cauldron of white supremacy throughout our country where's it happening where's it going on see that's why they and, and the reason they don't like it Larry Elder is because he says he doesn't believe in systemic racism because it's absurd the it's because there's no riots of KKK guys storming through the streets and skinheads they got to make it systemic racism. So it's so subtle, right? You can't see it. But where's it going on? Okay, as I say all the time, did our our our, our racist, our systemically racist system, you know, did it take uh, eight years off for Barack Obama? Did it, you know, just did the racism just sort of go away? You know, and let Barack Obama be president for two terms. And then as soon as Barack Obama was out, came racing back on the shoulders of Donald Trump. I wouldn't vote for a racist. I wouldn't vote for somebody I thought was a racist. So I, I don't know where the racist rhetoric from Donald Trump came from. You can't still keep, keep using Charlottesville because that's a bunch of crap. That's a misquote. But, yeah, Larry Elder, a black guy, apparently is the greatest threat, is a real threat to black people in California. Two one zero five nine. How do you how do you work that one through? Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. We'll take a break, then we'll come back and go to the phones. Esteban, hang on. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. Hey, this is David Van Camp. Stay connected with News Talk five fifty KTSA and FM one zero seven one on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. And we're back. News Talk five fifty KTSA FM one zero seven one. I'm Sean. We're talking about how Larry Elder is a white supremacist somehow. He's he's a black guy. Is that possible? Here's Brown. Brown, how are you? I'm good, Sean. I'm good. What's going on, man? Oh man, I you know I I keep hearing systemic racism. You know it is alive and well, but it's not what people think it is. What systemic racism? What it represents to me is the Democratic Party trying to change all kinds of rules and laws because. They tell me, because I'm black, I can't get an ID because I'm having problems mm. voting because I'm too stupid to use the Internet. And they have to change things in our systems because they don't believe that I am capable of doing the same thing. See, that to me is systemic racism because they look at me as a dog or a cat or a pet or a kid. And when you look at a person like that, you cannot say they are your equal. So when I look at the Democratic Party trying to tell people that ID laws keep me from voting, now I have five different <sighs> kinds of IDs. You know, yeah, and it's I, it's I, racist. I myself, the Ku Klux Klan. I'd rather have those people marching around than the ones that are actually in power that actually can do something to change our systems to where it is unfair. And there are too many people who look like me who believe that it's actually out there to help them, and it's a trap. It's actually a part of putting them on back on a plantation where they are dependent upon them to take care of all of their needs. You don't create a life that is worth living when you are depending on other people and the government. Absolutely, man. I'm sick and tired of people that that act like, you know, oh, you know, because I'm black, I'm not smart. I'm not capable. You know, I don't need those people to hold my hand and help me do anything. I'd like them to get out of my way so that I can live a good, productive life. There you go. But all their all their things they do get in the way. Well, it, it, you know, because they they do very well off racism, <laughs> you know, sure in, a, in a sense, you know, and uh, it's 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 damned insulting. It's incredibly racist. 
to say that uh, because of a person's skin color, they can't get a photo ID. I, I have never, in the years I've been talking about the photo ID thing, I have never received one answer from anyone into how that's racist. It, the idea racist is racist theory. as hell. <laughs> you know, and social media pushes that agenda out there. If you yeah. put one video that's got 500,000 views, that becomes the truth. Right. Even though that's only one event. Yep, I and, got it. You know, and, and they're so far and few between. You know, you don't see, you know, the Klan out there marching and trying to get an official elected. I mean, you know, think about this, Sean. Barack Obama, when he was president, actually gave a eulogy at, at Robert at Senator Byrd's funeral. <laughs> Senator Byrd was the Grand Klegel of the Ku Klux Klan. Right. And, and uh, Joe Biden and the Clintons were also big fans of his. Yeah. One yeah. time in the 80s, that guy gave an interview and used the N-word more than 20 times on TV. <laughs> right. And is holding Biden's hand during uh, a campaign that he was running. And people look don't look at that as... as, as, as well, as, right. As, well, the average... Per- and I got to run. The average person, you know, gets their world view, view from a meme, you know, pretty much at this point. I appreciate the call, Brown. Thank you so much. You know, he, he's absolutely right. Esteban, how you doing? All right, man. Uh, you know, Brown sounded like my friend Dylan Nealis over at church. I've listened to Larry Elder's show, and Larry Elder points out that aid to family with dependent children was a war on African Americans. He pointed out that Jim Crow was horrible, but you had an intact family. And if you look at crime, how many criminals don't have a dad, and what government program designed to aid you know, as somebody whose parents lived in Jim Wells County, you look at a lot of the great society, it's very much the way Boss Part enslaved minorities within Jim Wells and Duval County. Right, right. You know, so, it, so if anything, Larry Elder is a bit like Malcolm X when he talks about white liberals. <laughs> right, you're right. Absolutely. That's a good point. I got to run. I'm just getting low on time. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, by the way, the uh, chick in L.A. who uh, thinks Larry Elder is a white supremacist, she's a white chick. I think, you know, honestly, Caucasian liberals are some of the most annoying and obnoxious and sometimes purely racist human beings you'll ever encounter. And what's obnoxious about it is that they swaddle their 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 racism in this idea that somehow they're fighting racism. But But in that hypocrisy and in that arrogance, you somehow magically come up with the idea that a black guy can be a white supremacist. Well, because he he votes with white supremacists, right? Chris, that's the whole idea, right? Because you vote Republican, well, you're you're no different than a, than a white supremacist. I, I, I don't, like I said, I, I don't know any white supremacists. I don't think Donald Trump was a white supremacist. I, I wouldn't have voted for him if I thought he was. And, you know, we've got another full hour. If you could explain to me how a voter ID law, because you know who statistically are the people that are most in support of voter integrity laws at the state level, of requiring people to have a photo ID. Oddly, it's African Americans. There's a poll in Breitbart, I think, last week that that, that posted that. Uh, so, you know, it, it's inherently a racist idea. Basically, they hate these voter ID laws because uh, and these integrity laws because they want to cheat the election. And, and they can't believe that any black person would dare vote anything other than Democrat. Your sitting president said that if you didn't vote for him, you ain't black. How does that make you feel? It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. People are seeing it. The media, even with their best efforts, cannot cover up 
this level of incompetence, this trampling of our basic American and fundamental rights. Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Six minutes after 10 on News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. That was Donald Trump Jr. Talking about the uh, the vaccine mandate. It was handed down by Joe Biden last Thursday. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. I'm Rudy J will be joining us from ESPN from the morning show over there with Rob Thompson coming up uh, at 10.15. Um First off, I think, and I said this, I think, on Friday, that I think the reason Biden made this announcement on Thursday is because he knew this was the 20-year anniversary of 9-11, and he didn't want people focusing on what? Afghanistan and his rank failure, their failure uh, in Afghanistan and continuing failure. Uh, you know, and now we're learning more about this supposed terrorist he bombed. Apparently, uh, it was a guy and his family, like seven kids. Uh, allegedly got blown up, according to the New York Times. And so he wanted your mind on the vaccines. Uh, Fauci's out there now talking about boosters. And, you know, so are you going to get the booster? If you got to get a booster, you're going to get a booster. How are you feeling about the mandate? You've had a few days now to think about it. I I didn't spend a lot of time talking about it on Friday because I wanted to focus more on September 11th. Um, but you know it, you love it. Uh, if you got a company that's got over a hundred employees, they all have to be vaccinated or you can be fined $14,000 for every single person who's not vaccinated. Uh, I, you know, I, I think this is the beginning. I think what you're going to see is, uh, now they have, right, a standard by which they can say, well, the vaccine numbers aren't where we want them. So let's go to companies that only have 50 employees, right? Then what's the next step? Then you go to, uh, you know, individual mandates. You got to get vaxxed or you are going to be penalized. And I, I told Trey this morning on Warren Rima that, you know, if you'd have told me a, a week ago that, you know, that this, this government truly was moving towards something more like a dictatorship, I would have, I would have probably argued with you a bit. That would have been extreme language for me, but not anymore. Um, uh, this is something that came up on Warren Rima this morning that, you know, if they can do it with this, who's to say they can't do it with uh, a whole lot of stuff? You know, hey, uh, you know, uh, uh, diet stuff, you know, um, smoking, uh, you know, alcohol, uh, any number of things that people do, meat, eating meat. Because the standard, the metric we have now is that if we can determine it's a public health crisis, then the federal government can roll in and start telling people what to do effectively. So why not your guns? Why not, uh, you know, in California, we have a law now in the books that the governor signed last week protecting uh, folks on social media. I think California is working on something that's the exact opposite with misinformation. I think it was in San Francisco online and get, getting penalized for that. You could uh, make the argument, I guess, from their perspective, that certain forms of speech are a public health crisis because they involve misinformation, even if it's merely opinion. You start clamping down on that. I'm just saying that if you can do it with the COVID vaccine, you can do it with a whole lot of other things. And personally, I think a lot of this has to do with the, with the elections, with the midterms. 
A lot of this uh, is about the swamp circling the wagon, so a guy like Trump never makes it in again. And frankly, it's just a good old-fashioned power grab over your existence, over my existence. And they're on the march. And those that sacrifice liberty for security deserve neither. (laughs) Is it Ben Franklin? Ronald Reagan, you're only one generation away from, you know, I'm paraphrasing, from losing, uh, you know, all your freedoms and liberties. We might be there. We might be getting close. We certainly moved a lot closer last week, didn't we? So are you for it, or I didn't really ask this last week, are you for it or against it? Do you, do you like the idea of vaccine mandates? Is that, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer. See, the anti-vaxxed or the non-vaccinated folks are being demonized, and they're being characterized in a not-so-subtle way as who? As MAGA people, as Trump supporters, as conservatives, as Christians. Those people are all nuts, man. They're all nuts, and they're making people sick. we got to force them to get vaccinated. You know, that, that's, that's the same thing with the white supremacy crap we were talking about last, last hour. You're trying to demonize an entire segment of the population who would not support you politically. We are now unvaccinated people, uh, just like, uh, you know, people wearing Trump T-shirts are now domestic terrorists. Unvaccinated people are domestic terrorists. Some terrorists got pretty close to the president over the weekend. That, is that not funny as hell? Where was, was he in Pennsylvania when he, or New Jersey? I can't remember where he was. There's a picture, and I actually posted it on my, on my face puke wall. I think it was Shanksville. Was it Shanksville? And Biden's sitting there, standing there with a big grin on his face. He's surrounded by a bunch of little kids. and They're all wearing, like, Trump hats and T-shirts. He has no clue. And the kids are all laughing. They know. They know they, how ridiculous this is. They have big grins on their faces, too. They did. And he's standing like a big grin on his face, like that he's beloved by children. The moron couldn't look down, you know. And see, one kid had a had a Trump twenty twenty four hat, I think, on a, a big red big red Trump hat. Only one had the forty five. Right. There's Biden, a big stupid grin on his face, completely unaware. So uh, what do you do? What are you going to do if if it comes down to your job, either getting vaxxed or not? And I'm look, I, I, Trey and I were talking again. We we're talking about this earlier. You know, I, me, I'll probably get the booster. I, I I I've gone through so much crap medically the past you know year, especially the past few months. That you know, it, I'm going to roll. I don't know if the vaccines work or not. To be honest with you, I I roll the dice that they work. I know more people who are vaccinated are getting the virus, which is, you know, not good news to me as far as the efficacy, the effectiveness of the of the of the of the vaccine. Does that mean I won't get it? No, I if I have to get additional shots, I probably will. It's not about the damn shot, man. I mean, it's it's about your ability to choose to make a medical decision for yourself. Not everybody's me. Not everybody you know, I'm now at risk. I'm now a heart patient, so I, you know, I'm, I'm probably just going to get the damn shot if they tell me to get a shot. I see my cardiologist in a few weeks. I'll ask him if there's boosters. Should I get it? See what he says. Uh, you know, I know that. Uh, let's see. In uh, is it New York? Uh, Lewis City General Hospital. 
is they're not they're they're having to put a moratorium if you will on births they have they can't deliver any babies for a while because uh they have a vaccine mandate and they've lost all their they've lost a significant amount of nurses from you know prenatal care and, and the delivery room because they they opted to leave instead of getting getting the vaccine. It's not the majority of the nurses in this hospital, but it's enough of this particular kind of nurse that they can't deliver babies. They're going to stop after September 24th until they are able to hire more nurses. Uh, the vast majority of medical people are getting the vaccine, but there is a significant amount of people who are in the medical profession who are deciding not to, and and they're leaving the medical field. And anybody who's in the medical field, you spend a fair amount of education to get there and a fair chunk of your life to get there, and there's some of them are walking away. You know, this doesn't exactly make a huge argument for the vaccine. Again, I, I don't think about it too much. But the, the, the loss of personal liberty, the, the loss of, of having the ability to make a medical choice for yourself, is very, very troubling. And, again, the reason it's troubling is because if they can do it with the vaccine, they can do it with anything. And if they'll do it with the vaccine, they will do it with anything. So we're on a weird path right now. 210-599-5555. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah, man, we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA. 21 minutes after 10, I'm Sean. Ha, happy, happy damn Monday. I have gotten a couple of messages from folks, and I, I'm going to protect their end. They don't want to, you know, they're fine letting me know, but they don't want to, you know, let let me know or let you know who they are. I mean, talk about it on the radio directly, but I have a couple of people at least already say that they're they're losing their jobs because of the the vaccine mandate. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's going to cost a lot of people, unfortunately, who for whatever reasons can't get vax the vaccine. Some people can't get it. Some people can't handle vaccines. Some people, you know, they, it makes them sick. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter because uh, the man said. So if you're one of those folks, yeah, send me a note. Let me let me know, know what your situation is. I won't out you on the radio or nothing, but I am I am I have gotten several now. I know that folks who are losing their gig because of this stuff. It's only a few days old. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. I also, um, you know, I really screwed up as a as a as a public commentator, as a talk show host, and that I did I didn't watch the the video music awards. I didn't even know they were going on. Honestly, <laughs> I, I I didn't. I wonder what the viewership was. I just I don't I, I, stuff like that. I just can't endure anymore, man. I just can't put myself through it. You know. Madonna, I guess she was in her 60s now. Madonna was, you know, trotting around in some, Trey told me, in some, like, S&M leather crap, you know. Yeesh. 
And I, I said earlier, I bet, you know, when she walked, it sounded like, remember your grandma when she used to put the plastic, the clear plastic on the furniture in the living room? And so Madonna sounded like as she was walking out on stage, squeaking like grandma's plastic on the divan. Uh, the Foo Fighters were there. I don't care. I'm not into the Foo Fighters. I know they're beloved, and you know, but they, it, everything sounds like Everlong. I'm sorry. Every damn song they do sounds like freaking Everlong. Don Morgan disagrees agree, disagrees with me every time I bring up the Foo Fighters. That's 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 Kurt's drummer, man. That, that's I'm sorry. That's 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 Nirvana's drummer, man. That's what that and the band he started after Nirvana. I just can't. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I'm not into the fighters of the Foo. <laughs> he was my favorite member of Nirvana. He was. So, yeah. Well, he's a very talented guy. I'm not going to take uh, right. take that away from him. He doesn't have a chin, but I mean beyond that. <laughs> but that was, you know, the, that was what got my attention with that. With was that the drumming? Record. Was just this powerful drumming. I just, I, the, but the Foo Fighters just never did anything for me, and I think it's because I started playing them new, right, when they first came out. Yeah, and it was all there goes my hero. Watch him as he comes. So they wore And on. then it was ever long, ever long. And it's like it all sounded like the same crap to me. So I just never got into the Foo Fighters. So I, I, I miss Dave and Pat Smear and, and all those boys last night. Did Billy, Billy Eilish was there. Did, he, did she shave her armpits? Were, were her armpits shaved? I have no idea. She looked like she took a shower at least. I didn't watch it either. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't even know what was going on. I'll be honest with you here, in full disclosure, I have not watched the MTV Video Music Awards since the first one <laughs> in 1984. I, just, I thought I, it was. I thought it was interesting. You know, the first time around, I, right. I know this is cool because everybody was having a good time. Right. They all seemed drunk. They didn't seem to care. Who knows? <laughs> but. Now it's it just, just got to be that whatever the other award show is, not so much preachy, about the award. Yeah, preachy, obnoxious, sermonizing. How outrageous can we be? And shocking, yeah, right. right? Well, the VMAs—they also got to be shocking, right? Right. Yeah. So you got to have some chicks tongue kissing at some. Everybody gets to tongue kiss Madonna at some. That's that's what it is, you know. Uh, you, know, you, ain't, you ain't made it till you've tongue kissed, you know, Madonna's. Don't knock it till you try it. Nah, that's all right. I think all I'll right. pass. Did you hear me say when she walks in leather these days, it sounds like Grandma's clear plastic <laughs> couch leather? Just Madonna, give it up, man. So no, I, I missed it, didn't see it. You know, I, I don't feel bad. <laughs> I don't feel like a, there's a there's a gaping vacuum in my life for having missed it. So if you watched it, you maybe need to go. You know, maybe go, need to go get some penicillin or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just three hours of young people can, trying really hard to be different. Can, can Right, and they're all the same. That's what's so boring about it. Yeah, remember, can you get an STD from watching the VMAs on TV? Yeah, actually, thinking, you can. I'm just thinking maybe you can. If you go to the website, the <laughs> MTV website, in the days before, they will send you a free uh, dose of penicillin. <laughs> and you can administer it to yourself prior to watching the awards show. Get all, it, all the letters. <laughs> MTV VMA STD. <laughs> MTV VMASTD. I got chlamydia just watching it. I don't know what the hell happened. You go to the doctor a month later, and he's like, ah, you watch the MTV Video Music Awards, I can see. I'm protected again, I see. Those people are dirty. Anyway. It burns. (laughs) It burns. Oh, God. So anyway, no, I I, I missed it. I didn't see see it. Not interested. I really didn't even know it was on. 
didn't either. I just, you know, I watched Selena. Yes, we spent the, I, I told you, that's, we spent yesterday watching the four-hour with commercials version of Selena with J-Lo. So I got my J-Lo portion for the day yesterday. You know, I thought of you over the weekend. A, a story came across that she was, she and Ben Affleck were going to be getting a home in Austin. Mm, boy. Right, because they could be closer to you. and have So they could be, be closer to me and, and all of my wonderful commentary on their relationship. Yeah. She's the only person on planet Earth that could just show her ass and she makes the news. That's all she's going to do. They couldn't or figure ben out. Ben grabs it, makes the news. They couldn't figure out why their you know respective websites were getting so many hits from San Antonio, Texas. Then they tuned in one day yeah, and heard you going on. It's all because of me. And they figured, well, you know, this must Austin. be the place to be. It's all because, hey, you're welcome. Thank you. I know you guys are hurting for, uh, you know, publicity. So I thought I'd help you out there a little. <laughs> hey, you really want to help them out? Go help them unload the U-Haul. Come on, pal. That's nah, all right. Snap to it, buddy. That's nah, all right. They've got domestics that can do that. Um, <laughs> Where's your friend Evan? He can go over <laughs> and friend Evan will do it. Go over and unload it for them. Unload the Bentley right from the back of the U-Haul. With his bare uh, <laughs> And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA. FM 107.1. I'm Sean. It's 1038. And uh, let's talk about social media just for a few minutes. Uh, 210-599-5555. Let's talk about social damn media. Lana Del Rey, who I don't know much about. My my daughter is, was really into Lana Del Rey. Probably, I think she still is. And Lana Del Rey, I mean, I've, I've heard some of the music, because, uh, again, when my, when my daughter visits, that's pretty much when I hear Lana Del Rey. I mean, it's not bad. I, I don't, you know, it's kind of depressing, but, you know, and a lot of their music, that generation of music is just depressing. They like depressing crap. Billie Eilish is also depressing as hell. Lana Del, Del Rey was one of the first, I think, to really kind of hop on the depression train and start... Pumping out records of slow-moving, depressing, you know, <laughs> songs or whatever. But, you know, to her credit, and she's been around now for a little while, um, she announced, I guess, I think over the weekend that she's, she's getting off social media. Um, she says she's got a lot of projects she wants to take on. She wants to do more spoken word stuff, and she wants to put out a couple of poetry books, and she wants to reduce... The number of folks in her circle. So, in other words, she wants to go back, you know, like in olden times when you and I were younger, before social media, when if you were friends with somebody, it was somebody you actually kind of knew, you know, physically in your world. And she says she just uh, she didn't want to do it anymore. So she's she's pulling back on that. And I think she's uh, I think Trey says she's got a new record coming out. You know, good on her. I think that's great. I you know I. I'm on. I don't do a lot of. I do. I do Facebook. I, I'm. I. That's all I do. I, I don't do anything else. I don't do Instagram. I don't. I don't. I've never done a TikTok video. I. I don't do any of the rest of it. I. I just do Facebook, and I. I'm even. You know. I don't even have a professional page on Facebook. I, I just have my own personal. Facebook uh, profile, which you know is open. You can see it. Anybody can see it. And you know, I. I post stuff. I. I, I actually use it. Uh, to prep the show in that I, I post the night before or the morning of, I post the stories I want to talk about on the radio. And, uh, uh not only does it kind of, you know, instead of printing all that stuff out, I have them there right in front of me. 
but also I can kind of see how people are reacting to whatever given story it is. And then I delete them all the next, you know, later on after the show. Um, I, sometimes I post personal stuff. Uh, I post a lot of stuff about my, my books. You know, if, if not for social media, frankly, you know, people wouldn't, unless I talked about it on the radio, people really wouldn't know that my books are out there and it's, you know, it's, it's, that's a big part of it for me, but there, I have a love hate relationship with it. There, I, I do, it is kind of depressing how much time I spend staring at it. <laughs> You know, it really is. It's kind of a drug. It's not kind of a drug. It was developed as a drug, you know, to be addictive. You know, I mean, what's the first thing you do when you wake up? You know, after you say hello to your spouse, if you've got a spouse or somebody laying next to you, you grab the phone, start looking at it. Uh, it's, it's become uh, a time filler in the sense that when you ain't got nothing else to do, you just sit and look at it. And there are times where I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? What is the point of this? Um, Trey and I were talking about how, you know, pondering and reflecting on September 11th uh, over the past 20 years. Uh, when you go back 20 years, wow, man, we didn't we didn't have fancy phones. We just had the, your basic cell phones back then. I had one that had a little stinking antenna. I don't know what the hell that was supposed to do. And there was no social media. The, the Internet was there. You know, but, and I, 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 that's really, really when I began using the internet to prep radio shows, because I started my, the talk radio chapter of my career, uh, in Delaware around the time of, of September 11th. It was a couple of years before. And that's when I really f- started initially using the, the internet to show prep. Whereas prior to that, it was reading physical newspapers and reading magazines and, you had to, and watching, C, at that point, CNN, you know, and watching, uh, uh, then Fox News came around, started watching that. But think about it, there was no social media, and you know what? We did just fine. <laughs> I had friends, <laughs> I had people in my life. You know, I really hadn't started, I didn't really start self-publishing. I mean, I, I've always published my own books, but, you know, prior to, uh, really, the internet um, and social media, self-publishing a book meant running off copies on the station Xerox machine, which I used to do. And so the whole phenomenon of me publishing my own stuff, my own poetry and stuff, is directly tied, really, to social media and, and the internet. So, I, you know, there's a part of me that wishes I could be like Lana Del Rey, and I know guys in radio who don't do it. I wish I, I would be like Lana Del Rey and say, you know what, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go back to you know living my actual life and only communicating with people who are actually in my life. But I just I can't do it, man. I can't do it, Chris. I would like to dramatically reduce my usage, but I've been saying that for a couple of years now. <laughs> Hasn't quite worked out yet. <laughs> look at the pizza I ate. This look, I had some pizza. Look, you want to see my pizza? Well, you got a cool bumper sticker. Reduce the use. Reduce the use. I think it's healthy. I think we all would be healthier, you know. Frankly, uh, if uh, uh, if we didn't uh, if we didn't have this in our life, because now it's so pervasive, man. It's just, man. It's such a think about how much time 
Now, not all of you do, but how much time you inv- we invest in this social media crap and online. And uh, what what did we used to do before we did that, you know? 210-599-5555. Uh, 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Hi, this is Jack Riccardi, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. Oh, God. News Talk 550 KTSA. Sorry, I just glanced up at the screen over there and saw Gavin Newsom. Swallowed a little bit of barf. Sorry. Sorry for the visual. <laughs> Speaking of social media, I'll just talk about how evil it is. It's all, you know, destroying our lives. And But I keep watching this, this video of the cat falling. Is that a football game? Or a baseball where the cat is uh, is hanging from... In the state, yeah, it's a football game. It's hanging from like an upper level, and it's hanging on by a wire. It's way the hell up there, and uh, it's it, you know you can just see everybody's looking at it, and it's it, it has both paws in this wire, and then it loses the grip with one paw, right, Chris? And then it falls. This is on September 11th. It falls. And some dudes down there, they caught it with an American flag, man. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting little video. That's really what I've gotten into is is stupid animal videos. I know that's old school Facebook, but I stupid. You show me an, a stupid or cutesy-pootsy animal video, and I'll sit and watch that crap all night. I'm into otters right now. I got hooked up with, a, with an otter page. I just show videos of otters doing otter stuff. But watching this cat fall, Chris, you know, if that was a dog, he'd be licking your face. And cats, you can do anything you want. You can save a cat's life. They'll still eat you if they had to. You know, they would. You know, I got four cats. Three of them hate my stinking guts. Loki, the one, our one cat, Loki, still loves me, I guess. But, like, cat love still ain't like dog love. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like dog love. A dog will eat you, too. Well, dog will eat you if it gets hungry enough, yeah. You start smelling a certain way. They'll just feel bad about it, you know. <laughs> a dog's got a bit more of a soul than a cat. Cat'll get around to eating you a little quicker than a dog will. But the cat falls and dudes catch him in the flag. Is what's a cat doing? Trying to get the hell away from him? Thanks. All right, I gotta go. I gotta go. Thanks. Gotta go. Let go of me. Let go. And yet I'm still a cat person. I don't know why that I prefer cats. I don't know why. I like cats because they're they're low maintenance. You know what I mean? Like cat, like a dog, you gotta walk a dog, you gotta play with a dog, you gotta frolic with a dog. You know, there's just so much upkeep with a dog. Well with a dog you know where you stand. You well know, you do. It's a constant, you know, figuring it out game with the cat. The cat you never quite know what's going through their mind. They're always playing hard to get. Pet me or I'll scratch your eyes out. Now stop petting me. Now stop petting me. Now pet me some more. I'll crap in your shoes. So anyway, that was a cute little cat video in case you, you need a cat video in your life. A cat falling in a football stadium. And uh, a couple of dudes catching the cat in the American flag. Different kind of cat. Madonna uh, was at the uh, VMAs. and uh, Can she just stop it with the black leather man? Good, you're a senior. You get a senior discount at this point, sweetheart. 
I know you don't need it, but you get it. Could you stop with the with the with the leather? It's just icky. Ooh, I barfed in my mouth again. Uh, Bill Maher is, uh, you know, two, and the phone lines are open for a few more minutes. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Bill Maher is getting to be a really interesting guy. I was, I've never been a huge fan, but Bill Maher on occasion, you know, has been objective enough to be critical of the liberal left in this country. Famously, there was a time when he he went after Ben Affleck uh, on politically incorrect. Because Ben Affleck was trying to say that uh, people who uh, you know were upset about September 11th or think ill of radical Islam were racists, and Bill Maher was going off saying, you know, Islam isn't a race; it's a religion. And there's been different moments where he's he, he doesn't just toe toe the line, you know. He doesn't, doesn't he doesn't just carry the water for the liberal left like a lot of people in his industry do. And he's on real time, and he's talking about the NFL. Uh, there was an Alicia Keys performance, I guess, where now they sing what is called the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Um, and he started saying, you know, first off, that you know, he doesn't think it's a very good song, but... You know, let's have one national anthem, you know, and this is and 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 he's he's gone off before on systemic racism and kind of the lie of it. And saying, you know, essentially uh, a lot of this stuff is purely political. And of the NFL and the black national anthem, he says, we're going back to segregation. I think when you go down a road where you you're having two different national anthems, colleges sometimes now have. Uh, a different graduation ceremony for black and white, separate dorms. Segregation, you've inverted the idea, and we're going back to that under a different name. He's absolutely right. <laughs> and we talked to a, a guy earlier who, who said the same thing, that you know there is, in a sense, an institutional racism, a systemic racism, but it's it's being created or has existed... Uh, out of the, the liberal left in this country. For, for the liberal left, if you have a certain skin color, you, you, you're probably not going to be able to come up with a photo ID. If you have a certain skin color, okay, and it's white, you are inherently a racist no matter how you live your life, no matter what you think, no matter how you treat people. Um, so when you start teaching critical race theory in the schools, and you don't want mommy and daddy to know, in a sense, there's your institutional racism right there. It's being taught in the institution of public schools. So, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of coming over to that side of things, and I've you know, actually been saying this for a little while, that, you know what, we, we, do, have, we do now have systemic racism in this country, but it's, it's not what you're, it's like Bill Maher says, it's an inversion. Now the people who are engaging in institutional and systemic racism are the very people who claim to be fighting it. And yet they're the ones creating it. Because, you know, I'm, I, but then again, I'm just a, Chris, I'm just a white Christian straight dude. I, you know, God, you know I'm a white supremacist. Let me go iron my hood. 
Anybody got any starts? I'd like that top of it real nice and pointy. Because I'm a white, straight follower of Jesus, so that means I got to be a racist, man. Voting all conservative most of the time. It's just, and yet, you know, again, and we, we say this so often, it almost becomes boring. Uh, you know, that how is that not racist? How is it not racist to think black people are too stupid to come up with a photo ID and all white people are racist? Whether they live their lives that way or not. There's absolutely nothing racist about Larry Elder is now a white supremacist and he's a black guy. Run that by me again. How the hell does that work? How do you, how do you get to be a white supremacist when you're a black guy? Talk about an inversion, an intellectual inversion. That's an intellectual stumble down a staircase, man. God. God, I, I, I hope he gets it, man. What a wonderful day that'll be when Larry Elder becomes the governor of California. And they get that pimp out of there, that uh, Gavin Newsom guy. There'll be so many, uh, you know, in places like Sacramento, and say, there'll be people whose heads will just explode. They just won't be able to comprehend, comprehend a black conservative guy is the governor of California. Boom. <laughs> It'll be like scanners all over again. All right. Thank you, Chris. Thanks to Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, uh, and my good brother, uh, uh, Don Morgan, and my other good brother, uh, Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.